I think I turned the uh, intro music down just a little bit too far off of this one here, but good morning and welcome to the Red and Ed Show, where it's always morning, even in the afternoon. I'm your host, Jay Edgar, and I am joined once again by my wonderful co-host over on the left side of your screen, Elaine. Elaine, welcome back after a uh, brief extended vacation over from this show. It was not the kind of vacation that I normally like to take, but I'm back, so I'm, I'm glad to be back. I know you've had a few uh, a few things going on with everything here, especially with Kenosha burning down around everybody that lives in Kenosha. And I know that the first day that we uh, actually got going there, you thought that we weren't going to have a show because I had been down in Kenosha. But yeah, I only live like an hour away from here, so yeah, I was a little worried. I was like, "Are you going to make it back? Okay, is what's going on here?" So I'm glad that everything for you at least turned out okay. Yeah, the city, on the other hand, is uh, not completely okay, but uh, they're they're trying here, and we will talk a bit about Kenosha in just a bit because it appears that both candidates decided that they needed to show their face in my former hometown, so we'll talk a bit about what went on with that over the past week. But we will start out this week talking about uh, the hair salon troubles, and I've got a couple videos to go with that, and we'll see what happened with Nancy Pelosi and if she really is Marie Antoinette and letting them eat cake. Uh, we will talk about Kenosha, as above mentioned here. Uh, the Portland had a counter-protest run down through there. Jessica and I talked about that last week. But the suspect in the shooting wound up uh, getting shot himself this week. So we'll talk a bit about what happened there, how he got himself on the news before that, and how we got through there. Trump has threatened to defund cities, and the cities don't much care for that. So we'll talk a bit about what's going on there. A little bit of news out from your neck of the wood. One of your representatives has proposed a bill to block rioters from getting unemployment. So we'll talk a bit about that. You've got one in the stack here about some extended military exercises up in Lithuania. But we're going to end this on some good news, seeing that Hamas and Israel are doing a drawdown. And just breaking this weekend, Serbia and Kosovo are starting to do a drawdown as well. So we'll talk a bit about some foreign news. At the end of this, and to wrap it up, we'll talk about this infamous bill that has passed through California and what we all think of that. It's going to be all of this and more over on the Red and Ed Show. We are streaming live right now to YouTube, DLive, Twitch, Periscope, and Facebook. But if you're over on Facebook, head on over into one of the links above you so we can get you in the live chat and we can answer your questions. We do take questions in between topics. And if you can't catch us live, you can catch us back on demand over on YouTube and over on BitChute.com. 
And eventually, once I get caught back up to it after all this Kenosha madness, you can also catch us over on the audio platforms, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. Come on over there and check us out over there. You can take us on the go. And you can also catch our replays along with the Generational Gap, the Breakdown with Birkenhoff, the Already Conservative, the Freckles and Brit Show, and the Daily Ignoramus over on freedomscoop.com. So come and check us out over there. Well, I think that's all that I have here for the intro. If you uh, you want to share anything about what's uh, been going on in your life over the last couple of weeks, or um, a lot of traveling. Last week I couldn't make it because there was airport snafu after airport snafu. <laughs> um, so I'm back in South Carolina right now. I'll probably be here for the rest of this week, and then I'll be headed back to Indiana. Um, my my second grader good lord i'm still not used to saying that my (laughs) son started second grade (laughs) um and he's doing in-person classes and so far that's going fairly well i haven't had any calls about uh, school shutting down yet so mm, we're just making it through one day at a time just like lots of other parents so yeah my nephew just uh popped back over too so He's going into a second grade. He's probably about the same age as uh, your son. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, sounds like it. Yeah, I just spent a little bit of time with him, uh, not this past weekend, but the weekend before. My did cousin. you watch any? Of, did you watch any of those movies that I suggested that you watch? I didn't watch any of the ones that you suggested, but since the last time I saw you, I've watched two whole movies. I'm shocked. You posted that you were watching one, and then I I made note that the. The timestamp was only at 20 minutes. Yeah. So I was waiting to see if you actually finished the whole movie. I did. I watched Neighbors 2 two weeks ago, which was actually pretty good for being a sequel and having sequelitis. And then I watched something that I wanted to watch ever since it was new, but my ex-fiance didn't want me to watch it, with, uh, watch it because, uh, well, every guy that she knew had such a crush on Jessica Elba. I sat down and I watched Sin City. I've never seen that. Oh, that's such a good movie. If you like noir at all is really if good. I like if I liked what uh noir type films um yeah it just depends on what they are yeah I saw the second one I didn't see the second one I saw the first one though it was really good very well cool. written the art direction is incredible so so what movie that I suggested are you going to watch this week um I believe Vendetta is still on Netflix so I'm going to go and uh, check that out I will add that to my stack this uh, watch soon as list. I get off the air. What's that? Yeah. Your your watch list. You also need to watch The Death of Stalin before they take that off of Netflix too. I should do that because yeah, that's probably coming. As I'm one of the last people that are slightly leaning right that still has Netflix after everybody else canceled <laughs> over the cuties fiasco. Oh that's right. I forgot about that already. Yeah, I think most of the world has at this point. Well I'm I gonna... mean it's 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 not surprising because it literally feels like March was like last year. <laughs> time time is like, we're in a weird time warp in 2020. We are indeed. You want to catch us up with the live chat here to start off with before we get up into topics? There's nothing going on. Just Roundtable says hi and Sully's here. Hi, Sully. Glad to have you guys with us. I'm sure that there will be a few more people that jump in here soon. Yeah, we got seven people watching concurrently right now, so two of them are sitting down here, I can tell you that, but still. <laughs> All right. 
We have got some stuff to talk about this week, though. Definitely some entertaining stuff to start off. We've got some heavy stuff and some entertaining stuff. But uh, I'm going to start us off this week talking about uh, Nancy Pelosi getting her hair done over in a studio in San Francisco. So just a brief read from Fox News. Pelosi used shuttered San Francisco hair salon for a blowout. Owner calls it a slap in the face. The security footage obtained by Fox News and timestamped at 3.08 p.m. Pacific Time, the California powerhouse is seen walking through Isalon SF in San Francisco with wet hair and without a mask over her mouth or nose. The stylist doing her hair can be seen following wearing a black face mask. So this really kind of blew up all across the news and everywhere. I don't know how much of this you got to see or how much uh, you're, you're seeing about the campaign. For those of you who are not familiar with this, let me get the video up here. I actually did get some video up for this. I have the video of the uh, security camera here. So let's just confirm everything that we're seeing up off of this and take a look. No sound with it, unfortunately, because I think that would have been great to hear her off of this. But uh, yeah, this is the video for those of those few people in the world that haven't seen this. Yep, you can see the skeleton walking up over the step and the stylist up behind her with the mask. Now, of course, Pelosi is out here telling us that this was a massive setup. So, you know what? I've read this on Contemporary already. I want to hear from you. What have you seen on this story so far? So I, I actually loved Donald Trump's quote about this, where it was it, it was basically like, She's supposed to be the brightest politician of her age, but she got quote unquote set up by a hairstylist. Mm -hmm. You're not supposed to get set up. It was basically like, Nancy, you're supposed to be smarter than ever. Like you're supposedly the smart person, right? Mm -hmm. But you got set up fairly easily. Um, the other thing is I think people are blowing it way out of proportion. I get that California has a mask mandate and all of that, but from in Nancy's defense, she she did say, I just washed my hair. Do you do you wear a mask when you wash your hair? Well, no, I don't. I also have not been to a salon since any of like this year, period. I've not been to one. Mm -hmm. um, that's not really that unusual for me, though, because I only cut my hair like maybe once a year. Um, so I don't know what the protocols are for most salons or other salons in California. But also, this is not the stylists. I mean, this is... This is not the, the salon owner's issue. It's my understanding that the stylist basically rents a booth from the owner. Mm -hmm. So I don't think the owner really had anything to do with it, but the left is blowing up. They're demanding that the, that the owner of the salon shut down. Um, she's been located there for like 12 years or something like that. They want her gone. I, and I don't know why, I don't know why that they are blaming her um, versus saying Nancy should have just taken responsibility. Well, that's because that's what the news told them to believe. I guess. Well, one of the things that goes along with this is there was actually a city ordinance in San Francisco, uh, which is what she was violating. And this one, it was just passed down not that long ago where hair salons are allowed to operate in the city of San Francisco for outdoor services only. So the fact that she's walking around indoors is the first part of the problem that goes along with this. I've never seen an outdoor salon. Neither ever. have I. What does that even mean? Do those even exist? I might have to look this up <laughs> because it's going to bother me. Well, I mean, I've had my hair cut outside before, but 
not at a professional salon. But yes, that is uh, that is the reason that this has blown up so much of the fact is that, yes, the city of San Francisco is saying uh, outdoor services only for salons. Never mind the fact that she was walking through this with a mask. And yes, she's coming out and saying, well, this was a setup. They called me and said that it's okay and we're allowing people to have uh, have services indoors as long as we're only serving one person at a time. And that's actually not the law that goes along with this. And the big thing with me for a setup is, I mean, you could have said no. Right, exactly. And also, there are... Law enforcement loves to use the fact that just because you're ignorant of the law doesn't mean that you are not still legally required to abide by it. So there's actually a term for it, and I can't think of what it's called. But um, well, Hannah, I mean, Cox, Hannah Cox not... posted it on Twitter the other day and what it was called, and I, I just can't remember the Latin phrasing for it. But, um, yeah, it's like you can't – just because you don't, quote-unquote – know the law or know the ordinance mm -hmm. um you know of it like you know that it exists either that or she's just not spending enough time in her own district she's spending way too <laughs> much time in dc well that's uh seems to be a sickness along the beltway anyway did you uh confirm what i just told you i know you said you were looking it up okay so yes outdoor hair salons do exist but there aren't any near me in south carolina they're all in california so apparently um these hair salons that have like outdoor seating for like their waiting areas, they've turned those into like hair cutting stations. Mm -hmm. But I think they still have to wash your hair inside because yeah. they don't have washing stations outside. So even if she had been abiding by everything, she still would have had to have been inside the salon getting her hair washed because I, I don't think that they have hair washing stations outside. You'd have to take an entire sink outside. There's no plumbing out there. No, that there's not. Yeah, I don't really understand how that is supposed to work, but I do know that, yes, that is the stated law in the, uh, in the city of San Francisco. You could use a hose. Yeah. <laughs> it puts the lotion. Never mind. We'll leave that one alone. <laughs> Trust me, that woman needs some lotion on her skin, I think. <laughs> Skeletor. So, and this has been, I mean, there are pundits out there, on, even on CNN, I saw an analysis from Chris Eliza that said, yes, this was the greatest gift that Nancy Pelosi could have ever given to the Trump campaign right now. And uh, they took very good advantage of this. Let's uh, see what the next, the very next press conference had to look like over at the White House. Good everyone. Two briefings ago, I asked, where is Nancy Pelosi? Today, I can announce we have found Nancy Pelosi. Um, as you can see, we found Nancy Pelosi going into her hair salon. We will be playing the video on loop for all of you to see during the duration of this introduction. Nancy Pelosi was not in the halls of Congress when I asked where she was. She was not working in good faith to make a deal for the American people. Nope, Nancy Pelosi was found in San Francisco at a hair salon where she was indoors, even though salons in California are not only open for outdoor service. Apparently, the rules do not apply to Speaker Nancy Pelosi. She wants small businesses to stay shut down, but only reopen for her convenience. Do as I say, 
not as I do, says Nancy Pelosi. And so and that goes on for almost two more minutes off of that. But yes, for the entire duration of her giving this speech for three minutes, they just kept playing that video over and over and over <laughs> on a loop. I actually kind of like Kaylee McKennedy just because she does stuff like that. But this is nothing new. Like we've we've always known that politicians, especially at the federal level, mm-hmm. um, don't believe that they have to abide by any of the laws that they pass for the rest of the country. We saw that with um, Gretchen Whitmer, with her husband going up to their lake house, even though travel was restricted in Michigan. We saw that with, I think there was another um, governor or senator or congressman or something. It was another politician. They wanted a jewelry store to be open for them so that they could shop. Mm-hmm. And they did, and that was caught on camera. So these things have been happening all throughout the lockdown. So this mm-hmm. is not new. This is just probably the most prominent person in this whole mess mm-hmm. that that has gotten caught doing something like this in a, in a state where they have some of the most strict, some of the most strict um, ordinances locally. Well, I mean, far be it for me with everything that I've done in my past to criticize somebody for operating essentially in a speakeasy style kind of way far be it Mm -hmm. for me to do anything like that but this is a person who has been stressing the importance of locking everything down of wearing the Mm -hmm. mask of doing everything off of this here if it had been you know like if i found out that you got caught doing something like that i just said oh well that's kind of cool fight the power but it's nancy pelosi (laughs) she is the power yeah (laughs) It's like that saying, if the media, if the media is backing your, your quote unquote resistance, you're not the resistance. Yeah. I've, I've been seeing that float around, uh, throughout Twitter through, uh, the last couple of days too. Mm-hmm. I've been seeing that everywhere. It's just, they've actually got a meme about it now, a drawing yeah. and everything. So a drawing the, and everything. The last thing that came up out of this was the fact that a large number of stylists in California realized the fact that. If they can open up for Nancy Pelosi, they can open up for everybody else, and the rules should be applying to everybody. So a large number of hairstylists in California decided to stage a protest where, as you can see up on the screen here, they started hanging hair dryers and American flags from the trees in front of Nancy Pelosi's estate. (laughs) That's amazing, and I love it. (laughs) They're probably going to get charged with littering, though. Because hair dryers, I don't think, are biodegradable. <laughs> well, so far, there have been no charges for this. It's been a uh, peaceful protest. Uh, of course, most of the participants have been masked up for doing so, unless they were speaking into a bullhorn at uh, any point throughout this. And over on Contemporary, we watched some video of some of the speakers out of that as well. So, yeah, peaceful protest. And they're immune from the coronavirus as long as they are peacefully protesting as well. This, this was an amazing news story. I loved every moment of this. Every yeah. single moment of everything that went along with this. Yeah, I, I wasn't watching it as closely as I as I wanted to. <laughs> the press conference was amazing, and I knew that Trump was going to take full advantage of it when it happened. When that story broke, I was like, "Oh boy, here we go." <laughs> I mean, love the guy or hate the guy, and I've been in both camps at this point. But he is a funny guy. He he knows how to work a crowd, and he knows how to be funny. Mm-hmm. That is one yeah. thing that he's got going for him, and I think that's part he's of He's a reality TV star, and we <laughs> elected him president. <laughs> we already knew what we were going to get. 
So that's all that I have on this one here. I hope that everybody was entertained by this one because I know that we are going to be going into some deep and dark stuff as we go along with this. Do you have anything else to add on this one? No, I'm good. All right. Let's uh, keep going on down here because both presidential candidates, mainline presidential candidates, have been in my hometown. Did uh, did Joe get over there at all? Um, no, actually, Joe's mother passed away last week on, I think it was Tuesday. So we had to rearrange basically the rest of her week. Um, she was supposed to be in Alaska. She's in Alaska now mm -hmm. doing events up there, but she was taking some time uh, for family last week. And she'll, ha she'll take some more time for family the end of this week and early next week as well. So well, judging by no, what I know about her, she was actually in the area at least. She was. Yeah. yeah. But that was maybe a month ago month and a half ago no last week she's from libertyville isn't she yeah she is but she went to florida oh okay i was gonna say because her, mo her, her mother had been not that far from kenosha yeah her mother had been living in um in florida yeah so she went down there but she was in wisconsin um a few weeks ago okay but the president came down immediately. So from the timeline that I've seen up off of this, first off, Governor Evers came out and said, no, don't come to the state. We don't want you to come. Uh, Jessica and I again talked about that a little bit last week, but Evers was adamant, don't come to the state. And the mayor of Kenosha as well was very adamant throughout his uh, tenure, don't come to Kenosha. All you're going to do is inflame tensions. You're going to tell people to do something stupid. They're going to do something stupid. <laughs> and the first part of the message here that the Donald read while he was in my city was, we'll read this from the Daily Wire, Trump tells supporters to stay away from far-left extremists, leave it to law enforcement. Flying far in the face of what everybody else thought that he was uh, going to be coming up and saying off of this. Mm -hmm. Daily Wire News writes, President Donald Trump told Fox News host Laura Ingram on Monday night that he does not want his supporters confronting or going near the far-left extremists that are causing the mayhem in Democrat-controlled city across the U.S. But do you want your supporters to confront the left-wing protesters, or do you want to leave it to law enforcement, Ingram asked. No, no, no. I wanted to leave it to law enforcement. When asked again if he wanted his supporters showing up to confront the far-left extremists, Trump responded, No, I don't. And he gave two speeches while he was in town. He met with local business leaders, and he uh, stressed the importance of rebuilding and trying to get the city up and rebuilt. Now, he was supposed to meet with the Blake family while he was there. However, the family insisted that they had a lawyer present, and Trump decided that that was not feasible to his visit and probably not something that he would want to get involved with. I actually don't blame him on that one there. But uh, what have you seen on the Kenosha trip? Um, much of the same. Uh, it's just it's just pandering at this point. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know that it's important, especially in the leadership role that he was in, to actually go down and survey the damage because they are trying to pin all of this up on him at this point. And they've mm -hmm. been doing that out from the beginning, never mind everything else that we've been seeing out of this, but they were trying to pin it up. I actually wanted to get off work on Tuesday if I could and go down there and see that, but that was not happening, especially mm -hmm. since I skipped the week before to try and make sure that my godmother was okay after I found out that they burned up the Pizza Hut on 30th and Roosevelt. Well, it was a dumpster. They didn't burn the whole building, but... As close as that is to where my godmother lives, uh, yeah, I have, I was having heart pounding that uh, that night. Yeah, I remember that. It's 
it's a mess, honestly. And I think there's people that are infiltrating both sides to try to make the other side look worse. And that's just inflaming the entire situation. Yeah, I could see that as well. And, you know, I mean, we've been hearing accusations of that since Portland. Well, the Proud Boys are dressing up like Antifa and going in and infiltrating. And I've heard, I have not heard a confirmation of it going the other direction, but I've heard rumors that in upcoming events that Antifa is going to try to do the same, put on the polo shirts and the khakis and try to be Proud Boys. Right. Which is going to be all kinds of fun if we go along with that. Um, I don't know. I think it was important especially in an election year for the uh, campaigners to go to Kenosha, no matter what the governor said, to actually go down and survey it. You know, this is mm-hmm. a point of the contention of, well, we want we want this to stop. We want the rioting to stop, and we want the businesses to flourish, especially the Donald. He's been a small business advocate from the beginning, even though he's handed out money, cash, left and right to big business. He has campaigned on small business, at least. Mm. Yeah. I have my own thoughts about that. You tell. <laughs> I mean, he has screwed over small business in favor of big business every chance he's gotten. Mm-hmm. Every time. Every time. Even in his own personal dealings. So every time, I don't know if you remember this, but but in 2016, there was a series of... Um, they weren't political ads, but there was a series of interviews done with small business owners that had worked for Trump um, that had been contracted by him to work events or do work for him, contract work at like golf courses and different things, um, contract work for his other real estate properties. And there were a lot of them that had unpaid bills. Mm -hmm. And he had basically told them, oh, well, I'm just not paying it. And if you try to take me to court, I'll just wait you out. I'll just hire expensive lawyers and I don't care. I'm breaking our contract. And so he, he favors small business when it favors him, when it's politically um, advantageous to him to favor small businesses, but he's going to give big business as many breaks and more, more breaks, more, more tax cuts, more, more of everything that should really be going to small businesses because big businesses are typically heavily subsidized anyway. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But on the other side of that too, we've got people like Whitmer and Garcetti and people like that, mm-hmm. that have just gotten the small businesses out of the way. So the big businesses can come in and clean up too. Everything yeah, else. I mean, there's there's a reason why Amazon stock and Walmart and all that stuff, anybody that's got an online ordering system, there's a reason that they've done so well in this year. All their profits are up. Yeah, and I've been reading that every morning on Contemporary, too. And, yeah, I just see mm-hmm. the online presences go up and go up and go up and go up. I mean, that's Amazon's pretty much what's holding the Dow up at this point mm-hmm. because so many wonderful state governors have gotten all their small business out of the way so people have to go and do the online shopping mm-hmm. wasn't yep. that nice of them exactly so on the heels and not to be outdone by the donald going back into the news here biden decided that he also needed to make a stop in kenosha which meant that he actually had to come up out of the basement and of course now that we have biden up out of the basement we are getting campaign biden and the memes shall begin 
My God, unless he is standing in front of a teleprompter, that man cannot string together a coherent sentence anywhere. Even when he's standing in front of a teleprompter, he's terrible. Like, he's he's made two big teleprompter gaffes in, like, the last week. Yeah. Well, I mean, he did okay with the DNC speech. Yeah, but how long did it take them to get him to practice that until it was basically second nature? That's true. He made one gaffe uh, that I wanted to point out with this while he was in Kenosha. Biden makes awkward, they'll shoot me quip during Kenosha appearance. Uh, this is over on Fox Yikes. News. Former Vice President used an unfortunate choice of words Thursday while visiting Kenosha, Wisconsin in the aftermath of the police shooting of Jacob Blake. Biden's speech aimed at addressing racial unrest veered into talking about inequities in the taxes at one point. He stopped himself from laying out his tax policy in detail. And he said this, I don't have video of this, but I have audio, and you are going to love this, you guys. They've already heard it on Contemporary, but you guys are going to love this one. Let me get this one up and playing. But here, the tax cut for the top one-tenth of one percent, which is $1,350,000,000,000, has done nothing to help anybody. Nineteen corporations making a billion dollars apiece don't pay a single penny in taxes. I don't want to punish anybody, but everybody should pay a fair share. And I can lay out for you. I won't now because they'll shoot me. But here's the deal. That was probably an unfortunate uh, word to say in Kenosha. Yikes. Wow. Ooh. He doesn't sound... He doesn't sound all there when he's talking. Like, he sounds like he doesn't really believe the things that he is saying mm -hmm. because he's just reciting... He's like he's attempting to remember the the numbers and the figures and and citing these things. He's not his his interview doesn't ever flow really well. Yeah, no, it doesn't. And you know, like I say, it's if he's got the teleprompter on, he can pass it. But otherwise, he goes up and he just starts saying weird shit like the kids like to rub yeah. down my legs in the pool. That was ridiculous. That uh, that was. Now, from the same speech, I actually do have another clip here that's been making the rounds off of this here. Now, I learned a couple things in history, and, you know, even in a union town, we went to a pretty liberal high school. So, yes, I did know that Louis Latimer invented the filament that they used in the first light bulbs, but I still understand the fact that Edison was the one who created the vacuum chamber for a light bulb. But uh, I got a nice history lesson this week from Mr. Joe Biden. Let's have a listen to what it is that he had to say with that one. We gotta, for example, why in God's name don't we teach history in history classes? A black man invented the light bulb, not a white guy named Edison. Okay. Now, I don't know if you caught that in the audio there for just a second, but I wanted to, this is the other funny thing that's been going around social media, but right after he said Edison, uh, listen a little bit closely here to this one here, and you'll hear the one that's been going around social media. Name Edison. Did he, uh, did, did he rip one on microphone? It sounded like somebody talking. Like, oh. it sounded like the microphone was picking up voices from the crowd or something like that. Well... Either way, we uh, the entire internet has had another fartgate on par with uh, everything that we've heard about Swalwell. But, I mean, 
it's like you said at the beginning of this. This is pandering. That's all that they're sitting here doing is pandering to their bases at this point. And like I said, this I told you this off mic, but this is actually the church that I used to go to that he's standing in front of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this sounds like a counter to that sixteen that night that sixteen nineteen project that Trump has come out against, mm -hmm. where he said that um, schools that were implementing the sixteen nineteen project as far as their history classes were going were going he was going to look into withholding federal funding from them uh, because they were teaching revisionist history. I mean, I don't I don't think that we teach a complete view of history. Um, by any means, no. because of what I've learned since I was in high school. I learned infinitely more in college, but even since then, looking into to different things and different perspectives on things, we, we really don't teach the full picture of history. But this, this was completely incorrect. I don't know what he had, what, what is he basing that on? Is there like some unknown story in history that like we just don't know? Well, I mean, history is invented by the winners, but I, I have heard rumors that Edison ripped something off from somebody else, but I've never, ever been able to confirm that. Yes, like I said, I know that the bamboo filament was created by Lewis Latimer. That's, that's common knowledge at this point. Yeah, but that wasn't the light bulb, no. right? No. That was the filament. Yeah. That was a piece of the light bulb. I mean, the light bulb couldn't have been created without that, but that's not the same invention at all. <laughs> that's like saying the person that's like saying the person that invented lithium batteries is responsible for inventing smart cars because they run on lithium batteries or electric cars. Some of those run on lithium batteries, but it's like that's, that's not the same thing. It's a component, but it's right. not the whole invention. So, yes, and uh, Biden did continue to make a tour through Kenosha. He did meet with the Blake family. It was a uh, fairly interesting interview from what I have read on and off about it. I didn't have anything into the stack to talk about with that. But, yeah, he went through. He went and made a couple of campaign stops in Milwaukee. I don't know why, but uh, two small crowds in Wabatosa this past weekend. And then he went back out onto the campaign trail after that. So, yes. Biden or Trump? Biden. Well, they were supposed to have the DNC convention in Milwaukee, so I'm sure that there were probably people that had been, you know, looking forward to meeting him. So mm -hmm. making making a stop doesn't seem out of the question. No, but I guess I guess if it was me. I would be focusing on the city that was in question that the rioters took down off of that. But, you know, I can understand that, too. And I've thought about that as well, because, you know, all these businesses were preparing to have a massive influx of business because of the fact that the DNC was there and the DNC kind of screwed these businesses. Yeah, but there wasn't, as someone who was paying attention to convention planning for the LP mm -hmm. and all of the, all of the hurdles that we ran into every time they were like new COVID restrictions in, in Florida and, and new COVID restrictions in Texas. And okay, what are we going to do about this? Um, the businesses might have still been able to handle that kind of an influx, yeah. but having a convention at a convention center or a hotel was completely impossible. Right. I mean, they, they have to, they had to abide by the state mandates. Mm -hmm. So that's why we ended up having to move it. So there, there really was no good option. And, 
and not just for the libertarian convention, but there was no good option for the lib for the Republican convention or the Democratic convention. I love that. Did you see this uh, over the weekend? Speaking of conventions and everything else, the uh, the crack that came out of Conan O'Brien. I should have put that up yes. on the stack. It was I should joke. have. It didn't land. So that ties into another thing, because this happened. Uh, do you want to talk about it? We can talk about it. Leave me. Okay. So Conan O'Brien posted a Twitter status that basically said, um, I guess the libertarians aren't having a convention this year because they couldn't find their mom's, like they couldn't borrow mom's car to drive themselves or something like that. And it was kind of funny, not really, because it was just a clueless Hollywood idiot basically saying that they had no idea that our convention had already happened back in May. And then we had our second convention to do all of our party business at the beginning of July. So one, it just proves that Conan was not paying attention whatsoever at all, but we're not surprised by that because that kind of always happens. Um, but what happened in that comment thread was that LP national, and I don't know who it was, um, they were responding to another tweet that someone made about Rand Paul. And they said, shh, you'll spook him. Insinuating that, you know, he was a chicken shit mm -hmm. for what happened after the RNC convention. And there were a lot of people very not happy about that. I was, yeah, I was so confused them. by that too, because I saw, I know which tweet you're talking about. I saw that. Mm -hmm. I was not happy about that. Not even a little bit. And not because I'm in total agreement with Rand Paul, but because you're talking, you're talking about spooking a man that has been the victim of multiple violent attacks and attempts on his life. Mm -hmm. If you remember, he was at the baseball game where Steve Scalise got shot um, right. and basically he had, there. he had to hit the dirt because they opened fire on the baseball field. Um, and then his neighbor beat the crap out of him and broke like six ribs. And he's dealt with health issues from that incident for months and years since it happened. It's been a couple of years since it happened. Roberts and I think he was, he was still dealing with a lot of that more than a year later. And that's why um, the guy that was charged in connection with that, mm -hmm. they actually went back and resentenced him to a longer sentence because of the because of the the severity of the injuries that kept coming up mm -hmm. that were that stemmed from that attack. So, it's reasonable to think that someone who has been in that position would have maybe some mental health issues that go along with that. Like, right? Maybe maybe they're not a fan of being in big crowds anymore because of those of those instances. Mm -hmm. So saying that really rubbed me the wrong way because it just seemed like an attack on, on, it just seemed very dismissive of anyone who's been in a situation where their life has been threatened, not just once, but twice. Mm -hmm. So now this is the third time, this time their wife is involved. And I know for a lot of guys, they're very, very protective of their partner. Mm -hmm. And so their partner being in danger is a completely separate you know, issue for them than themselves being in danger. Um, it just seemed like a very unfair remark. And I was very not happy about it. Understandably so. All right, we got to keep moving along here, though. Getting back, to, I've got one more story before we uh, hit the chat break here and uh, check in with everybody up in the chat here. And I think I'm going to leave this one with the video because uh, 
leave it to the Donald when he talks, and he does at great length, whether you want him to or not. Name that movie. I don't know. Why you got to do that? <laughs> One of the few movies I've seen. Dogma. Okay, see, you have seen all of the movies that I have not seen, apparently. Because <laughs> I don't know that one. Alan Rickman, in the quote in there. The one who talks, and he will, whether you want him to or not, <laughs> will make mention of himself as a prophet. Well, the Donald will also talk, whether you want him to or not, and sometimes he will put his foot in his mouth. But sometimes it'll come out and show some weaknesses up in the system. So let's hear what our great president had to say about this one. That was in quotes, by the way. I don't know if you caught that or not. 600,000 people could vote by absentee in this state. Are you, are you confident in that system? Well, they'll go out and they'll vote, and they're going to have to go and check their vote by going to the poll and voting that way, because uh, if it, if it uh, tabulates, then they won't be able to do that. So let them send it in and let them go vote. And if their system's as good as they say it is, then obviously they won't be able to vote. If it isn't tabulated, they'll be able to vote. So that's the way it is. And that's what they should do. Uh, I don't like the idea of these unsolicited votes. I never did. It leads to a lot of problems. It's got, they've got 11 problems already on very small contests. So I'm not happy about it. At the same time, uh, we're in court on a lot of it. We're going to see if it could be stopped. But send in your ballots, send them in strong, whether it's solicited or unsolicited. The absentees are fine. We have to work to get them. You know, it means something. And you send them in, but you go to vote. And if they haven't counted it, you can vote. So that's the way I view it. So I think you can already see what the problem with this was. Mm-hmm. And, of course, all of left-wing Twitter has exploded at this point to say, well, that Donald has said that he's told his followers to go and vote twice. So my first question to you is, is that what you got out of that conversation? No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that, too, and I was like, surely he did not. <laughs> and I did go back and listen to it, and I was like, okay, I can kind of see how that could be misconstrued because – as is typical with the Donald, he's not always very clear about what he means. Um, but what he, what he meant, and I, God, I hate saying that. I hate, I hate saying <laughs> that, but what he, what he really meant was if you, if you go and you vote absentee and it gets tabulated that you voted, then in his mind, he thinks you should be able to walk into a polling station and say, Hey, can you verify that I've already voted or not? Mm -hmm. And then if they tell them, no, we don't have a record that you voted already. Then they say, okay, well, I'm already here. Let me vote. And then they'll go vote. Mm -hmm. um, that's not how the system works. Um, polling workers do not know who has voted and who has not. So I don't know how they would even check that. No, and I don't either. Um, I mean, obviously off that point, if you've sent in and your absentee has come back, I, I, we don't have mass mail-in voting here, so I've never seen how the system works. I know how, mm -hmm. I know how you vote in the small town that I live in. You walk into the polling station, you sign in, and it gets marked that you voted. You get your sticker, mm -hmm. you fill out the scantron, you shove it in the machine, and you go to work. Right. Well, I go to work. I don't know what everybody else does after they vote, but that's what I do. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's pretty similar in most places, but that's what he meant. That's not what he said. 
<laughs> he didn't explain it well at all. Um, and even if he had explained it well, I don't think that that's how the system works. So I don't think that's even really a feasible plan for him to advise people to do. So it's kind of a lose-lose situation because it's not accurate either way. No, that it's not. But I mean, that I think that spooked a few people. That's probably not the word to use after the conversation we just had. But I think that I think that did uh, startle a few people. I I don't want to attribute motive to anything right now, but I do think that there is a possibility that there's going to be some bunky stuff happening with this mm-hmm. mail-in voting system. Yeah, I think so too. And and I and I think it's because. I would say that the deliberate negligence is probably going to be very small. Mm-hmm. Um, I think most of the errors are just going to be the fact that they've had to scale this so large so quickly Yes, that there is no way for that to be an accurate system the first time around, especially since there really hasn't been um, widespread testing of a system like that anywhere. Uh, because most of the time, absentee ballots are really absentee ballots have never been the deciding factor in an election before, at at least not a presidential election. No, not a presidential election. I was going to say I could fact check you on that for my state twice. No, no, it does. It has happened in um, like district and state state Mm -hmm. level elections, but it has never, it's never been a big enough piece of the pie to affect the outcome of a national election. And I saw actually a, uh, a Tim Pool video the other day. He was talking about the red mirage. And he was saying that he thinks Biden's going to win just on the mail-in votes. Mm-hmm. And this might be the first election, the first presidential election in American history where we don't know the winner the night of the election. Right. Because they're going to be counting all of these mail-in ballots for weeks. We may not know until December who the presidential winner is. So it's going to cause Republicans to all be going to the polls and voting, mm-hmm. but Democratic voters are a lot more likely to be mailing in their ballots. Right. And one of the things that actually unnerves me about this, actually, it's mm-hmm. the last two elections in Wisconsin. The election of the Supreme Court Justice Jill Karofsky over Dan Kelly, who was a Scott Walker appointee, his term was up. That was decided in the end after the two of them ran almost neck and neck throughout the day by mm-hmm. a large series of mail-in ballots being found at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Rewind back to 2018, that's also the reason that we have Tony Evers right now because Tony Evers and Scott Walker never got outside of 0.7% apart from each other throughout the entire day. From 8 o'clock until 1 a.m., they had stayed within 0.7% of each other alternating who was in the lead as they were counting votes. And then all of a sudden, 3,000 absentee ballots were found in Milwaukee due to a gluing error. And that was just enough to bring it up to 1.1% in Evers' lead, which means that they were just outside of the uh, automatic recount because 1% Mm -hmm. would have triggered an automatic recount. Right. So I think the election is going to be an absolute mess. So I think that if we are, if Tim pool is correct and we have this wave of this red wave on election night Mm -hmm. and the GOP is like, Oh yeah, we're good. We locked it up. Everything's fine. And then all these mail-in ballots start coming in 
and early voting starts being calculated and it's all blue, mm-hmm. what if they declare the election in favor of Donald, like internally, you know, the GOP is like, oh yeah, we won, everything's cool. And then all these votes come in that are all Biden. Mm-hmm. And then it's either really, really close or Biden actually wins the popular vote. Then what? Well, the popular vote doesn't mean jack shit on any of this. But I mean, overwhelmingly, the popular vote. Not not a small margin like it was with Hillary, where she still claims, well, I actually won the election. Not like, you know, Bush and Gore or anything like that. I'm saying overwhelmingly, like by millions of votes that he beats Donald Trump after the GOP already has it set in their mind that mm-hmm. he won. Well, my question on this, and I have not been able to find an accurate list of this, but how many states and which states are doing a full-on mail-in vote? Because as far as I know, it's California, Washington, Oregon, Illinois, and New York. Which and most we're all of those are all blue. Biden anyway. Yeah, those are all blue. So, yeah, I don't know. I really have no idea. I mean, I know that we've had expanded absentee ballot requests in Wisconsin, but for the most part, we are mm-hmm. going we're going to vote the same way that we normally would. Right. So, I don't I, that's that's going to be the question off of this is what is going to happen between the, the argument that... the argument could be made, honestly, that the only votes that matter in this election are the swing states. That's it. So it's really going to come down to are the swing states doing mail-in, mail-in voting or not? Mm-hmm. Which Nevada is on the swing list, and I do believe that they uh, do have a mail-in system in place this, uh, this time around. Mm-hmm. Well, mail-in voting is not any different than absentee voting, except that you don't have to actually call and request a ballot. They're just mailing them out automatically. To everybody that's on the voter rolls, which is right. in and of itself a problem. I know that... Uh, one of the last things that they did that Justice Kelly weighed in on before Karofsky was sworn in in my state was uh, the state GOP had put in uh, an effort to purge the voter rolls in Wisconsin. And, of course, the left fought back against that, which, mm-hmm. my God, the voter rolls should be purged every other year anyway. Yeah, people I wouldn't move, say every I wouldn't say I wouldn't say every year, but I would say at least every four. Well, I was going to go every midterm. But yeah, I could see that too. Yeah. Every even year th- they should be purged. I think that I'm I'm hoping that regardless of what happens with the election results, that it does cause um it does cause states to do a massive audit of their voter rolls mm-hmm. so that for twenty twenty four they are actually a lot more accurate. Well, that's what I have uh on this one so far. I don't know if you've got anything else off of this. I think we should check in with the live chat here and see what we've got there. Yeah. Oh, let's see. Job is asking if we, Job, Job. Job for nine. Is asking, (laughs) Job for nine. Um, Ed, are you covering the U.S. Marshal operations for recovering kids? I think we touched on that a couple weeks ago. Maybe. Well, you weren't here a couple weeks ago, but... Uh, I have touched briefly on that on the contemporary shows. I have not. That was uh, one of the things that I closed out with on Friday was that. But no, I didn't put that on the stack here. I should have. Because, yeah, that's that's big. <clears throat> it is have big. You seen and it's. About that? I have. I've seen reports that they've recovered children in Ohio, Georgia, 
and I think Indiana now. Mm -hmm. So it's like a multi-state operation. I will notate that and we will, I'll make sure that if that's still going on, we'll talk about that next week. Definitely. It seems like they're running sting operations in different areas of the country and that they're hitting one state and then another state and then another state because they're not all happening at the same time. The Ohio and Georgia happen really close together. Mm -hmm. But then I think they did Indiana like was this past week and the other ones were like the week before. So I think it's kind of a waterfall effect. But yeah, we are seeing more and more of those happen. Um, I can't even say that bear. <laughs> How do the communist teachers union members feel about being called out for what they are deceivers? I guess that was when we were talking about uh, the 1619 project. And then just watch black reparations tax coming every time someone turns a light on. Oh. That's bad. Way fewer pizzas sold since the DNC bailed. Yeah, I bet. Yep. Um, then Ron Paul the goat. We were talking about Rand Paul, not Ron Paul. That is true. In case in case that was unclear. <laughs> That's all we've got going on so far in the live chat. All right. Let's see. What else do we have here to talk about here? Let's talk a little bit about Portland. Because... Uh, Again? Yeah. I feel like but, it's Portland every week. Well, they don't stop. That's part of the problem. Right. So this past week, uh, protesters decided that they were done with the downtown area. And according to WHSV3 out of Harrisonburg, Virginia, Portland protesters target the city's mayor amid rising tensions. Uh, this I came saw that. to them from uh, the Associated Press. Black Lives Matter protesters in Portland, Oregon shifted their focus to the city's mayor and police declared a riot as people broke windows, vandalized a business, and set a small fire inside the upscale apartment building where Mayor Ted Wheeler lives. And Mayor Ted Wheeler's response to all this, you know, I think most normal people in the world would say, you know what, they've come to my home at this point. I mean, Lightfoot did that. They've come to my home at this point. I'm just going to shut down the riots. We're going to be done with this already. Nope. Ted Wheeler fucking moved. So what have you seen on this one so far? Sorry, mine was auto playing and I didn't realize it. I thought you were playing a video. No, Hopefully no one else heard that. Video. Okay. I didn't hear that he had moved, but I saw that there were protests like in the lobby of his building. Well, they tried to burn his building up. Oh my gosh. It's like a 30 story something high rise building. Yeah. And yet he's still standing there saying, oh, well, no, don't worry about it. There's no problem here. No, we don't need your federal help out of here. We'll just, no, we're just, okay. we'll do just fine over here. Okay. Dude, somebody died I mean, in your... In a way, yes. Like, that is what they should do. He's not doing the right thing, but it really isn't the federal government's responsibility to go stop rioters from entering into private property that doesn't belong to the state and it doesn't belong to the government. It's just a building. Um, they don't, they don't belong there. Well, right. But I mean, the offer has been out there for him to get the help from them. I mean, Kenosha took the help and they quieted the riots down. Right. Instantly. Okay. <laughs> he doesn't want to take that. He's good. He's going to have to face the consequences of these actions. And yeah. that is him not getting reelected. That's what this is about. Which he scares is not me getting... I think they actually might still reelect his ass. 
I don't know. I haven't looked at his district at all. So I have no idea like internally what people's thoughts are about him, Mm -hmm. but there are always consequences and it will, it will most likely be that he's not reelected. If they really hate him that much, they'll get rid of him. Do you realize that yesterday was night 100 of the protests in Portland? No. A hundred nights of protests in Portland. When was the last time in our history that we've had that, though? I don't think we've ever had that in our history. I don't think we've ever had Rodney anything. Because Rodney King wasn't even near that much. I, I, yeah, I mean, there have been protests where they've lasted for like a couple of weeks or three mm-hmm. weeks or something like that. But I don't think we've ever had anything this widespread and this long lasting. And honestly, I kind of think it's a good thing in a way, because... Do you remember a few years ago where France had those widespread protests and Americans were like, wow, they really know how to protest. We should do that more often here because it actually affected change. Yeah. And while I'm not saying that the riots are effective in any way because they're not, it's just, it's just mindless violence um, at this point. It's not actually going to accomplish any policy goals. Um, that, that the organizations that are, you know, supposedly hosting these things have, but, um, protests if done in the right way can be very effective and Americans forgot that we had that power to do that. I think we've all been kind of neutered into, we've all been kind of neutered into thinking that, no, that's not what we do here. That's not how we change things. But in reality, it is very effective if, if it's done properly. Riots and protesting completely separate things Absolutely. i'm not saying that at all and who would have thought that the french would be the ones to have a violent protest of all the people in the world who would have thought right but i mean what are they accomplishing over in portland either they're just destroying their own homes at this they've, point they've already reached the point of diminishing returns and that mm-hmm. happened like that happened weeks ago where now just continuing it, it, like I said, it's just mindless violence at this point. It's not actually going to accomplish any policy goals. Right. If it was going to accomplish policy goals, that would have happened in the first 60 days. Oh, absolutely. And, I, the, the, and, and the DNC and the RNC sorry, have, made it, have made it very clear that they are not interested in solving these problems. One, because the DNC is in bed with the police unions. Mm-hmm. And two, because the RNC and, and Republicans in general are back the blue no matter who but no like back the blue like back the cops like they're always on the side of law enforcement doesn't matter they are the quote-unquote law and order party mm-hmm. now joe biden is starting to repeat some of that rhetoric too because yeah. he's realizing that people are afraid and his poll numbers are dropping like a rock when he doesn't talk tough on crime no absolutely and i mean levin said that what three weeks ago well we mm-hmm. got to do something about these riots because they're hurting biden's poll numbers Never mind the small businesses that are never going to fucking come back. Mm-hmm. Yep. So speaking of Portland, I do have another story that's uh, continuing from last week. Because as we saw last week, the far-right Patriot Prayer gentleman that was uh, shot by a person who was identified by his sister and called 100% Antifa. Well, it turns out that he wound up getting some camera time and... Now he has deceased. So to read here from Fox News, suspect in Portland fatal shooting killed as federal task force moved in. 
an avowed Antifa supporter and suspected, uh, suspected rather, in the deadly shooting of a Patriot Prayer member in Portland, Oregon last month, was killed Thursday night as a federal task force moved in to arrest him. Michael Forrest uh, Rennell died in Lacey, Washington, outside Seattle, during an operation by a federal fugitive task force. The suspect was shot by law enforcement after drawing a gun on officers, the Associated Press reports. Which, I mean, you knew it was going to come. This guy, I really honestly believe, after listening to some of the remarks that he made, wanted to be a martyr off of this. But this was within was, hours of him being on Vice, on video. It was suicide by cop. That's yeah. all that was. It was to make a point. Yeah. And he made his point, and he paid for it with his life. I think he offered his life. I don't think he paid for it. I think he offered his life because he wants to yeah. start the war. He wants to see the war start. Did you mm -hmm. see? I don't have the video queued up. Did you see the Vice interview with this guy? No, I haven't. Mm -mm. Dude, this guy believed, first off, that he, what he did in Portland was right. They always do. Yeah. They, they don't see anything from anyone else's perspective except their own. It's a lack of empathy because they they are incapable of putting themselves in someone else's shoes mm -hmm. and and seeing how someone else could feel just as strongly about their cause as the person who is angry with them feels about theirs. There's no there's no coming together. And that's the whole problem. Well, the other part of that, the part, the other part of the problem is, I mean, the vice interview, he legitimately wanted to see a civil war. So mm -hmm. once again, I think that your suicide by cop thing was accurate in the fact that, yeah. and I mean, Antifa was out protesting rest in power, Michael mm -hmm. Rennell, mm -hmm. the day that he died. Right. He wanted to be the next casualty for a police officer so that people would ride over him and destroy more shit right. or rise up and take power. It was actually a little scary. If you get a chance, have a look at the, I wonder if I can get the audio off of this from Fox News's autoplay without listening to too much of a Fox News host, because, uh, I mean, nobody wants to do that. Let me see Who if I can pull some of this purpose. audio. The New York Times is reporting right now that the man investigated for the shooting death of Jay Danielson, the Patriot Prayer member killed earlier this week, is dead. The Times says an arrest warrant was issued for Michael Forrest Reinhold, and he was killed when a federal fugitive task force moved in to arrest him. Reinhold had called himself... No, they're just going to sit there and talk over him talking silently on the side of that. Oh, okay. Well, that sucks. Thanks, Fox All News. Right. That's great. Great reporting. So, yeah, I mean, it is... Mm. I don't know what to think about this one here because, I mean, the guy got what he wanted, obviously, but... Yeah. And he can't answer for anything. And it's like, we can't ask this guy anything anymore. I don't think it matters at this point. I, still I mean, want... what, would, what, what information could he give us? I don't think there's anything that he could have given us that other people couldn't also give us Right. that, that have insight into uh, what Antifa is doing and what their goals are. Yeah. Because, I mean, when he talked to the reporter, his entire statement was, and I have it uh, down here later in the article, they're out hunting me. Well, yeah, because you killed somebody. I mean, that's kind of what we do with murderers. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe don't do that. I mean, I am all for, yes, police stand down for victimless crimes. Let's get rid of Schedule 1. And somebody who wants to shoot up heroin or smoke a fucking joint is fine. But, I mean, when you're actually violating the NAP, yes. Let the government come in and do what little job we allow to them. Right. 
Minimum government, maximum freedom, and you are free to be stupid. <laughs> and this guy was. So that's what I have on Portland over there. I don't. I actually want to go over there and just see how much of that's left. A hundred nights. And I think this has gone beyond the six blocks that we talked about the last time you were here. Yeah, I was going to say, I wonder how much of that has kind of moved outward. I, I have a couple, I have at least one friend in Portland. I should check mm -hmm. in with her and see. Um, she lives in Beaverton, Beaver Creek, something. I don't know. There's Beaver in the name. That's all I can remember. <laughs> so, but it's in the Portland metro area. So yeah. I should, I should ask her and, and see kind of what's going on out there. Yeah, because I know they were out in the suburbs. They were shining lights, uh, lights and windows, and they were doing all kinds of fun shit. Wild. No sleep, no peace. And that's not even the only protest that went off of this. I didn't put any articles up off of this, but, I mean, they've got two other ones that are going on right now that the news isn't even covering for the most part. I mean, we hear the fact that they happened, but the news is kind of shying away from everything at this point. They're jumping up and down on rooftops in Rochester, New York right now. I saw that. They actually were trying to climb through someone's window on mm -hmm. like the second floor of their house. That's a good way to get shot. In upstate like, New York, absolutely. Yeah. Upstate New York is way different than Manhattan. Yes. Yes, it is. Over, and I don't know all the details of the uh, one that happened in New York, unfortunately. I don't either. I just saw the headline and I saw the photos that went with it. And yeah, so. But then they also ran a riot in downtown D.C. over a uh, police officer. And they went outside of Muriel Bowser's house to demand defunding of the police in D.C. Because a kid was walking around flashing a gun. And then he pulled it up on the cops. And they shot him too. So, I mean, this is, this is becoming more and more. And I do think that there's a level of suicide by cop because people are trying to, like you said get themselves killed by the cops so they wind up becoming the next story and the next thing to go along with this. But the news mm -hmm. is looking at it and say, we can't keep covering this. They will. If it bleeds, it leads. They'll yeah. keep covering it as long as people are getting upset about it. So the more, the more reactive the general public is to these stories, the more the news will just keep pumping them out. But they're reactive in the wrong way. Yeah. I think the news has seen. But the media doesn't care. Well, that's true. It's, it's all about fate. ratings. It's yeah. fate. You're right. All right. Let's move on here. So some of these cities are facing massive shortfalls, and some of them are under threat of being defunded. Uh, first, speaking from the Daily Wire, Chicago faces record $1.2 billion budget shortfall following the catastrophic economic collapse, riots, and violence. Chicago's Mayor Lori Lightfoot announced Tuesday that the city is facing a historic $1.2 billion budget shortfall for the fiscal year 2021, following what the mayor called a catastrophic economic collapse caused by the coronavirus pandemic and by widespread rioting and looting that did an estimated $60 million in fiscal damage to the city's downtown and untold damage in the tourism industry. I have a brilliant idea. You know what they should do? What's that? They should cut spending. Have a shortfall, cut spending. <laughs> but if we cut spending and we can't import all these voters who want our rich, wonderful benefits. Right. Well, yeah. When I read it, and, but that's the thing. It's like, this is as a, if I was a resident of Illinois and I didn't live in Chicago, I would be so incredibly angry 
that my money had been so mismanaged that basically shutting down the city of Chicago had tanked the economy for the entire state. And that not only was I going to be on the hook for that, but my children's children were going to be on the hook for that shortfall as well, Mm -hmm. because there's no way that that is going to get paid back somehow, except for raising taxes. That's it. That's what they're going to do. They're not going to make any cuts. They're just going to raise taxes. Well, and I read an article last week in concurrence of this too, that a lot of the rich people that live in Chicago and some of the upscale areas downtown. They're leaving leaving. and they're not coming back. No, That's exactly what's happening with New York is that all these, the left is going to find out really quickly just how much taxes the rich do pay because they're going to leave the cities that they're in now, like, like California, like Chicago, like all these big cities in California, like Chicago, like New York. And they're going to go to places like Maryland and North Carolina and Tennessee and Texas, where there's no state income tax. Mm-hmm. And they're just going to, they're going to take their money. They're going to take their business with them because they can, because they can afford to. And those cities are going to find out just how much those people paid in taxes, which is exactly why California is trying to pass a tax that actually follows you when you leave the state Mm -hmm. for up to and including a decade. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I've seen that one as well. And I think Lightfoot might try and throw that out as well. I hope that some people, they don't just leave Chicago. I hope they leave Illinois in general. And there are people that have seen the light. My girlfriend grew up in inner city, downtown Chicago. They don't live there anymore. They live in Wisconsin now. Because right. it's terrible there. Right. And it the is. tax rate is shit. Yeah, it's awful. But, I mean, along with everything else. I mean, her and I were planning on... I've never seen the Shedd Aquarium. Which is amazing mm-hmm. because I live as close to it as I do. And I love aquariums. Right. I've never been there. We were... Back in February, we were sitting and planning... We were sitting down and planning a trip down to Chicago to go to the Shedd Aquarium and see some of the other sites downtown, you know, mm-hmm. figuring out what trains to get there, how to get to what train station, because God forbid, I'm not going to drive down there. <laughs> Fuck that. Between the tollway and everything else, I am not driving down there. So yeah, we were sitting there and figuring, and then coronavirus happened and we just put that on hold and then they started rioting. Who wants to go to the Shedd Aquarium right now? Is it even open? I don't, I have no idea. I haven't looked. I said the hell with it. I don't want to go and stop looking into it. (laughs) And that's, you know, it's on top of everything else. I mean, Chicago makes big money on tourism, taxes Mm -hmm. and tourism, because they've got the lakefront. They've got all the, um, the prohibition stuff, the aquarium, this huge downtown that I've never been to. Yeah, I've been to Chicago once, and I basically just did the Millennium Mile, and that was it. And I was just, I don't know. I really wasn't that impressed. I've been to other big cities like New York. New York is impressive. It is a very cool place. Um, I wouldn't go there now. Like, I have no desire to go to New York now. I've been three or four times uh, starting about when I was 19 until I was about 23, I probably went three or four times for like a weekend here and a weekend there. I did Oktoberfest and Astoria Queens one time and um, some other stuff. I went one weekend and spent almost the whole weekend just in museums. Um, And that was great. Like, I love that. 
but uh, you couldn't pay me to go there now. There's no way. I don't want to walk those streets. I don't want to get on the subway. I don't. I, I'm. I'm a person that likes to travel by myself. I would not travel to New York by myself right now. I. Uh, I've got this feeling that if I went into the city of New York, I would burst into flames upon entry. Because even though I'm not doing baseball this year, I kind of bleed blue and red. <laughs> right. I have been to Boston too. I loved Boston. Boston's like a. Boston is like a small town, but like blown up to a big city. Mm -hmm. I rarely went into the city. I went into the city once, but it was just rare. We walked around uh, mm -hmm. uh, South Square or South Station over on the square and tried to find Cheers. <laughs> and then I had a friend that I worked Fun. with at the time that uh, was doing an internship in the State House, and he actually gave us a tour of the State House. And the legislature was in session when we did, too. So that was kind of cool. Cool. All right, let's do a chat break real quick. Okay. Um, hi, Delicate Sausage. <laughs> Miles asked if we lean more towards socialism or capitalism. Have you met us? Yeah. We are capitalism stan. Um, Delicate Sausage said, I will lay down my life for POTUS and hope that Elaine will transport me like a Valkyrie to the warrior heavens. I do have a big gray horse, but no, we don't do that <laughs> kind of stuff. We don't we don't cosplay like that. <laughs> uh, and then there's some comments about people leaving the cities. Yes, buying old plantations in the rural south has a certain charm. They kind of do. Mm -hmm. uh, Boston, like Chicago, has a few outstanding tax bills to the English crown. I'm sure that they do. We're all caught up. Me. All right. What's next? Rittenhouse? Uh, actually, I had one here. We were speaking on cities off of this here. There was one other thing that came up on the cities front with this. Uh, Trump has ordered a review to defund New York City and other anarchist cities, which I thought was interesting. So I read I couldn't find the article that I read last week off of this. But uh, essentially, the Trump administration right now is looking at whether or not they can cut federal funding to Portland, Chicago, New York City, and Seattle. I don't know that he has constitutional authority to do that. Yeah, that's been a big question that's actually gone through the entire week is, does he actually I mean, have the authority all, to do it? All of the budget bills go through the House. Mm -hmm. So I would assume if this is something that he is actually serious about doing, that there will have to be a budget bill introduced in the House to strip funding from where they've already allocated it. And then that funding will have to be reallocated somewhere else because you know as well as I do that the federal government is not just going to let money sit in the piggy bank. They have a piggy bank? It's empty. <laughs> like security fund. So, They're not just going to let those money printers not print money. No, they absolutely will not. But that's, I mean, I can understand where he's coming from on this one here. First off, I'm... But that's that's just what I'm guessing the process is. I have absolutely no idea if that's truth or not. That's just my logical mind trying to put things together and figure out if it's actually possible. And if it was, how would that work? And that is the most logical conclusion that I can come to on my own without any research whatsoever. So take that with a grain of salt. Well, and I mean, I look at this too. I've looked at this through, through all four mayors 
of all four cities are coming up and saying that they're going to file lawsuits back against the Trump administration for the fact that he's planning on doing this. But in all honesty, I would at least be willing to hear the reviews of Seattle, Chicago, and New York City. I would hear I would hear them out and say, okay, well, make your case as to why you need federal funding. I am in the camp of the federal government should be funding anything, states or cities, that right. should be left to your states. But right. I'm at least willing to hear out the side of Seattle, Chicago, New York City. As far as Portland goes, and that, once again, you weren't here last week, but I read a letter from Ted Wheeler back to the federal government last week on the Red Net show, where Ted Wheeler essentially went like this to the federal government when he says, okay, well, you should really take uh, federal troops. Ted Wheeler stuck his middle finger up and said, no, thanks. Well, you don't want to do that, then you don't need our money either, is essentially the way that I look at it. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you see in this, but... I mean, it's it's all political posturing. Like, people that don't think that politics is literally a reality show and that we elected the king of reality shows to to run it for four years, like, get your head out of your ass because that's exactly what's happening. It's been that way since the 90s. I remember the reality show of the, of the Clinton administration. I almost mm-hmm. said the first Clinton administration, and I got a chill that ran down my spine. <laughs> that's great. I'm going to turn off my camera for just a second because I actually need to turn on my track lighting. So Okay, can you still hear? Her? Yeah, I, I can will... still hear you. Okay. Um, the other side that went <laughs> along with this is the fact that uh, Cuomo decided that he had some commentary to say with this uh, from the Daily Wire. And I shouldn't really have to go too far past the headline on this one because it really says it all. But I'll go a little bit into this. Cuomo snaps over Fed's defunding New York City. Trump... Better have an army to protect him if he comes here. Uh, New York Democratic Governor Andrew Cuomo snapped late on Wednesday night after news broke that the Trump administration is beginning a review process to defund four cities, all run by Democrats, for not cracking down on riots and looting, while also cutting budgets from police departments as viral crime, uh, crime surges. He better have an army if he thinks he's going to walk down the streets of New York, Cuomo responded in what many deemed was a threat towards the president. Many New Yorkers don't want to have anything to do with him, which, okay, fact check, true, but you don't come out and say you better have an army to the commander-in-chief who literally commands the fucking army. He does literally have an army. It's called the U.S. Army. I'm not a, I'm not a fan of him using it for that purpose, but he actually has a... Right. Jeez. Did you see the stupidity at all? Yes, I did. What did you think of this one? Um, It's an impressive display of stupidity, I will say that. It is. Uh, Any thoughts to go along with this, sir? No, I mean, he's just a big mouth New Yorker talking out of his ass. I don't think that there's really anything that needs to be said about it. It's pretty obvious. Oh, I do have one more that I didn't have on the schedule that went along with these cities. So, yeah, I, I wanted to see if uh, what you thought about this one. But I do, with Democrats, along with Republicans, and with Libertarians and everybody else, I call balls and strikes on the individuals for all of this. So I've got mm-hmm. one here where I've actually got to say good job to Eric Garcetti on this one. Uh, the New York Post writes Los Angeles mayor, city workers to be furloughed during fiscal emergency. So they're doing, uh, they have a fiscal emergency in Los Angeles as well. And yes, 
they're furloughing a lot of uh, pay for a lot of workers. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of workers aren't coming back to work. But Eric Garcetti is also foregoing a paycheck for the year because they're in such a financial crisis right now. So good for Interesting. him. Yeah, I mean, that's what you should do. Like, that's what a good leader should do. Yeah. I mean, he's done all kinds of other crap. I read on the show this morning about uh, the rolling blackouts and him telling people to unplug their appliances during certain when parts it's of like, the day. When it's like 116 degrees outside. Yeah. But from what I've heard from people that I know that live in L.A., um, Bel Air specifically, is that this this really only happens, this, this kind of heat wave, this weather, mm-hmm. is really only for about two weeks. Yeah. And then it's like 70s the rest of the year. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I've heard that, too. I've got a cousin that lives out uh, in Santa Clarita. And then, mm-hmm. of course, our mutual friend, Britt, also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, this isn't a huge thing. But still, I mean, you pay for the electricity. The government shouldn't be telling you when and where you can use it. Right. Yeah. But on the other end of it, if he, I mean, that's leadership, what he did right there. You know what? You guys can't get paid, so I'm not getting paid either. Mm-hmm. Balls and strikes. Good, Good on him for that one. I thought you'd enjoy that story. All right, let's talk about Kyle Rittenhouse because I haven't heard anything that you've had to say about this uh, particular instance. <sighs> Where to start? Let me scroll down and find the uh, find the news stories that go along with it. It's the lone Breitbart one, which is one of the few times you'll ever see me read from Breitbart because I can't stand them. But this one was actually brought to me over on the Discord server and uh, they're green checked, so I used it. Uh, Facebook has declared Kyle Rittenhouse's actions mass murder won't allow posts in support. So Facebook is officially designating the actions of Kyle Rittenhouse, the 17-year-old who allegedly killed two people and wounded another in Kenosha, after being mobbed. Allegedly. Yeah, and we all saw him do it, but still, I, I'm still leaning on the self-defense side of this whole thing. Right, I am too. I didn't. I've seen some of the. Uh, the Twitter libertarians that want to crucify this kid because he wanted to be a cop when he grew up. So I didn't know where you fell on that one. I mean, Facebook and Twitter are moving into publisher territory because they don't want to deal with the federal government. They're trying to keep the federal government out of their business as far as free speech goes. But in order to do that, they have to be a publisher. So that means that they do get to edit and curate the content that is on their site. So if you don't like it, there are free speech platforms out there. Mm-hmm. There's Parler, there's MeWe, there's Steemit, there's whatever. Um, you can use another platform. You just can't use the most popular one because you will be subject to their terms of service. And Facebook is updating their terms of service as of October 1st. And I have not gotten a chance to read through all of the new things, but um, yeah, I'm, people are just going to have to get used to it or get off the platform. That's we we've known that this was going to happen eventually, and now it's here. So, well, right, and that's all well and good, but that's also a little bit of a distortion of the truth. But we're not just seeing this from Facebook. Discover is also blocking payments that go to any charities that go to the defense fund for Kyle Rittenhouse. What do you mean? Dis- how can they block you using your own money? They, they're blocking any payments that go to anything like that. If you, try to do, if you do it on a Discover card, Discover will block the transaction. 
Interesting. Which, I mean, if I was Discover, I would say, please, please just use my card for anything so I can get the fees. When's the last time you actually saw a Discover card? I don't know. I had one in the early two thousand, in the early mid two thousands. <laughs> I've seen one in the past ten years. I've never used it since then. I I didn't know they still existed. Any, I mean, I hmm. Interesting. So I guess that means that if you have a Discover card, you would have to use a third-party payer system. Or just pull the Visa out of your wallet. Huh. Because everybody's got one of those. I wonder wonder if that's actually, though, for them to control where your money goes. It's your money. You should be able to put it wherever you want. Well, they're acting as the payment processor through there, so they don't want the payment process to, I guess, to be linked to them. I don't know. You're, You're absolutely right on that. I'm trying to steel man their argument off of this, and I'm having a really hard time with it, especially given the fact that I don't know how they're staying afloat at this point, but... I don't either. So, I mean, it's not just Facebook. It's a lot of other companies that are out there. They're, I mean, GoFundMe kicked Rittenhouse off. Anything that's, any charity that goes to Rittenhouse, GoFundMe kicks off right away. Interesting. Hmm. No, I hadn't really looked into this or heard about this, so I'm kind of just like hearing this for the first time. Yeah, it is... Uh... I know, um, what is it, Mark Dice has said that he's threatening to delete his entire account, which is probably a big account over on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I don't open mine anymore. I have it. I just don't open it. Right. I don't see the point because nobody does anything productive over there anyway. Did I lose D-Live? I might have. Let me double check the monitor of that. Hmm. Huh. We lost Eli, I think. No bueno. That's lame. I'm going to restart the uh, app and see if it does anything. <laughs> Too yeah, much cause... show elbow. This is a ham. What? This I'm not showing collarbone. No, that's the other red-haired uh, libertarian. Yeah. I think we lost Eli. That's lame. Okay. Because I was going to hit the chest for that. Maybe it's because you said the F word several times. On DLive? No. Oh, I don't know anything about DLive. Yeah, they're uh, they're one of those free speech platforms that you just uh, that you just mentioned. Okay. All right. Anyway, we've got uh, a couple more to get through here through uh, to finish out here. So we'll jump off of Facebook here because they suck anyway. Uh, I got one here from your neck of the woods. Well, the representative from uh, your neck of the woods. I don't know which district he is in relation to you, but uh, from WBNS 10 News CBS, Indiana representative proposes bill to ban convicted protesters from federal unemployment aid. This would be U.S. Representative Jim Banks is responsible for this one. Hmm. Indiana Rep uh, Banks, Indiana 03, has proposed a bill that would prevent people convicted of a federal crime during a protest from receiving federal unemployment assistance during the COVID-19 pandemic. Banks introduced the Support Peaceful Protest Act on Friday. The bill would also require convicted protesters to pay for the cost of federal policing of the demonstration. Now, I 
don't mind the idea of cutting off the, I mean, there. I know there are going to be problems with cutting off the unemployment for somebody who's convicted of this, but that second part, I don't like where that's going and I don't like where that's headed. Requiring convicted protesters to pay for the cost of federal policing of the demonstration. What have you seen on this one so far? This is the first I've heard of it. I do know that Indiana 3 is the Fort Wayne area. Okay. So he's... Yeah, he's he's basically making the assumption that all the writers, none of them have jobs, and that they need to be cut off from unemployment benefits. That's a huge assumption, first of all, um, that all of these people are unemployed. And right. second of all, Fort Wayne shut down. So if they're unemployed, it's very likely that they're unemployed because you, the government, shut their business down where they worked. Mm-hmm now you're just going to punish them for not having work when there's still a lot of businesses in Indiana that aren't open. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, that's, I understand the fact, I mean, if these people are going to go out and riot like this, then I, I don't know. It still seems like it's crossing into territory of, um, quartering soldiers essentially where you're you're paying for you're paying for um federal policing of your own community i i don't know how that would even work no i think that's and honestly that i think goes against the equal protection under the law i don't think that even falls into the purview of that i think so too yeah so that second i i don't mind the idea of keeping people from receiving benefits if they've been convicted of something like that from the federal side. Right. But the problem is, and this is the problem that I have with all of these laws that are worded in this way. Well, if you're, if you're convicted, Mm -hmm. we get to do X, Y, Z to you, or Mm -hmm. we get to assign X, Y, Z punishment to you or, um, and punishment in the form of like monetary repayment or something like that. I just posted a status about this on Twitter yesterday. Especially as libertarians, we know how corrupt and broken the criminal justice system is. Mm-hmm. So just because you're convicted of something doesn't mean you actually did it. Otherwise, we wouldn't have exonerations from the death row, right. from, from the death penalty. You wouldn't have exonerations because there would actually be no margin of error. Mm-hmm. There's such a huge margin of error in a lot of states for being convicted of any crime that just because you're serving time doesn't mean you actually committed a crime. So they could frame people just like cops have, pl- have been, you know, found guilty of planting drugs on people and then convicting that person of possession and making them serve time. They can, they can track somebody down and say, well, you were at this riot and the person might have an alibi, but in reality, the government has all, all of the power in the world to fabricate any evidence that they need to convict you. Mm-hmm. Then what? I don't know. Like I said, I just, I don't like this. I don't like where it goes. And who's to say, you know, as corrupt as the system is, if they want the money from somebody, who's to say they don't frame somebody for it either? Right, exactly. So no, I don't like no that. No cop would ever do that. I don't like that for that fact. I think that it could hurt communities more than help them. Mm-hmm. And I think that there are other ways to solve this problem that 
will allow people to get back to work and not have so much free time on your hands, which if that's your aim, then maybe you should just let the businesses open again. Absolutely. Uh, update on our connection status. It looks like we are still on DLive. It's just the app crashed on my phone and it won't come back up. So that's why I lost uh, my DLive stream over there. But we do have a couple people uh, hanging out over there. So McConnell Smuggles Coke and uh, Set of a Cantus Bear. Sergeant Peterson is over there too. So yeah, we do still have some DLive up. So thank you guys for coming here. I will find a way to pop the chest at the end of the show. I don't know how I'm going to do it yet, but I will find a way to do it because I don't have my app open anymore. But we've got a couple more to get through. Let's do it. Um, Hamas and Israel have decided that they're going to stop shooting at each other at least a little bit. Okay. Uh, reading from Al Jazeera, Hamas says deal reached to end escalation of violence with Israel. Hamas, the Palestinian group running the besieged Gaza Strip, has announced it has reached a Qatari-mediated deal to end the latest escalation of violence with Israel. So they're not making up and making kissy face just yet, but uh, they're slowing down this last little run of things. After talks with Qatari envoy Mohammed El Hamadi, an understanding was reached to rein in the latest escalation and to end Israeli aggression against our people, the office of Hamas leader Yahya Sinwar said on Monday. I probably butchered that name, but that's how it says off of there. So this is supposedly linked to the coronavirus right now and the fact that they're trying to limit spread of the virus over between Israel and Palestine. So, yeah, basically they're going to slow down the shooting at each other for a little while. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. They're not going to stop. They're just going to stop sending fire, fiery shit-filled balloons over the wall towards each other. Okay. <laughs> cool. I'll believe it when I see it. Put the catapult down. <laughs> so, I I mean, we're seeing, we are seeing some peace come out around various different parts of the world, which I think is good. And the Serbia-Kosovo thing that I saw this morning blew my mind because that's, I remember that when that conflict started under Clinton. That was like all over the news when they weren't talking about Monica mm -hmm. Lewinsky. Yeah. So to see them, and that was a uh, Trump broker deal, uh, uh, Richard Grinnell actually did an opinion piece in The Hill to cover that because nobody else in the news was covering that. Nobody was talking about that at all. I would have been unaware of it if it hadn't been for Ron Hilton. I mean, we're seeing some peace break out around the world. Maybe this virus brought everybody together and now they all want to have a Coke with each other. Um, doubt. Press X to doubt in the chat. All right, I got one here that uh, I found going through your Twitter feed, actually, from Reuters. Do you want to tell us about this one here? Sure, Yeah. We are deploying U.S. troops to Lithuania uh, for a two-month deployment near the Belarus border. And, but the government claims that the move is not a message to the Russian-backed neighbor where protests continue over a disputed election. So the election is highly disputed. Um, Lukashenko was a key, is a key ally of Russian um, leader Val Vladimir Putin, and he has been reelected and i think this is like his like ninth term or something like that as president like they don't have term limits for president and he's 
he's held that for a while. Mm -hmm. So this was big news when it broke um, a couple weeks ago that, that he had won again in an overwhelming landslide because who could imagine? And then on July 29th, um, the Lithuanian defense minister told um, BNS Wire that the United States would send a battalion-sized troop contingent between 300 and 1,000 soldiers in September for two weeks of training beginning into the middle of the month. And then they're also saying that deployment was aligned with the training schedule and training area availability. So it could be just routine training, but it also could be like, a subtle little nudge like, hey, by the way, we still have the ability to send troops over here whenever we would <laughs> like, and we're just next door. So if you try any funny business, we'll just send tanks over the border like we did in Kuwait and kick you out. Yeah, and I could see that too. And, you know, like you had said in the tweet that went along with this, I mean, they're not going to bring the troops home. Mm -mm. No, even even that 12,000 drawdown that we saw in Germany. Mm -hmm was not a drawdown. No, they just put them in other places. 5,400 of them came home, and then the remainder of them were being redeployed to other bases in Europe. So it was like, okay, so you're only really withdrawing 5,400 troops, not 12,000. Well, and that's a big part of the problem with doing any sort of military exercise right now. And it's something I saw pointed out on Twitter the other day too. It was pointed out the fact that, yes, everybody in the world can point over to these European countries and say that they are the bastion of socialism when in reality they're capitalist countries that have huge social safety nets because they outsource all of their military operations to us. To us, yeah. That's exactly the reason. They're not building up their own military defenses because we're happy to do it for them and let them pay partial reduced bills. It's almost like we're it's like we're the health insurance policy of the world for national defense. Yeah. We get it. We give it to other countries at a reduced rate. And as long as they pay the bill, we provide the service. That's not fair. No, that's not. But I mean, yeah, of course, now it's become the bastion of, well, this is what our progressive country should be at this point is what they're doing in Europe. Why can't we do what they're doing in Europe? We're the richest country in the world. Right. It's because our defense spending is through the roof. And the Clintons are making money off of it. Absolutely. And so are the Most Bushes. politicians are. Most politicians are. A, a friend of mine advised me to get into investing, and I, I was talking about, like, yeah, I would. And I was like, I'm going to invest in defense. Not because I want to, because that's the reality. Those are the people that always make money. Mm -hmm. Always. Hand over fist. Yeah, that's absolutely true. So, yeah, we're not going to see any drawdown coming. And, yeah, I, I think there is a level of saber-rattling that goes along with this one here. Yeah, I definitely. I don't think it's an incursion. I'm just, I think it's a, hey, remember, we're over here. Mm -hmm. Don't try any funny business. Yeah. Hey, remember this base that we haven't used in 10 years? We're going to start using it again. <laughs> All right. So I've got one that's a little bit dreadful to talk about, at least in my opinion, and one that's a little bit positive to bring us out of here on. I'm going to give you okay. some surprise positivity because I always give you surprise stupidity at the end of this one. <laughs> okay. But before we do that, let's talk about uh, let's talk about California and what they've decided to do. So reading from KUSI News, Democrat-led California legislature, 
passes bill reducing penalties for sexual relations with minors. Now, if you are on right-wing Twitter anywhere, this is the pro-pedophilia bill that every pedophile in the world was dreaming about. But I've actually tried to find something a little bit more objective than this. So KUSI writes, uh, California bill that would lower penalties for sexual relations with minors is heading to the governor's desk. SB 145 passed both legislative houses and would remove the requirement for offenders to register a sex offender after committing certain sex acts with minors within a 10-year difference. So, of course... Wait, what? Basically oh what the bill is doing, um, there's already a law on the books in California where if an adult engages in sex with a minor within 10 years of age, and it's vaginal sex only, I'm sorry if anybody's got their kids watching right now, if it's vaginal sex only, then per the judge's discretion, the judge can decide whether or not they have to file on the sex offender registry list. All penalties otherwise still apply, but on the judge's discretion, they may or may not have to file as a sex offender. So the aptly named Scott Weiner in California introduced a bill to apply the same act or the same graces to homosexual couples or any other sex act. Now, I'm going to be having an in-depth discussion on this with Stephen Ignoramus and John from the Generational Gap next week on Saturday. But the gist of why I think the laws on the books in California is so that the way it's worded just tells me that this is just in case like a 24-year-old gets a 14-year-old pregnant. He can still see his kids. He can still take his kids to school. Right, exactly. Without having to register on the sex offender. I don't like the idea, but I understand why it's there. I I don't agree with the 10-year age difference. No, that is... Uh, not even a little bit. Mm-mm, no. Because even if it's 17, mm-hmm. 17 to 27, that's a huge age gap. Like mentally and emotionally Mm -hmm. that's just too big if they had made it something like three years i could be like "Mm, okay i could maybe see that because i was 17 and had a 19 year old boyfriend we didn't do anything like that at that age i was not interested but i mean that is a lot more likely to happen and be um i guess sanctioned by a parent than than an age difference like 14 years old to 24 years old like that is definitely inappropriate so according to, and I didn't realize this at the beginning either, because when I first saw it, I said, okay, well, it happens when a 19-year-old pops a 9-year-old. Uh, the third yes. paragraph in this one says, the legislation applies in cases where the victim is aged between 14 and 17 years old. So they do have an age limit that goes with this. But, you but know, still, like, 14 to 24? That yeah. is wholly inappropriate. 17 to 27 is mm-hmm. wholly inappropriate. Yeah. Well, and keep in mind that all other penalties still apply. Jail time, uh, fines, anything else that comes along with this, that all still applies. But it's just the judge, is, the judge has discretion in the case as to whether or not to make the guy uh, file on the sex offender registry. Now, I do agree with that because one of my main issues with the criminal justice system is that prosecutors have way too much power in deciding plea bargains and things like that, where it really should be left up to the judge's discretion. Mm -hmm. So I am in favor of the judge having the power to make the decision um, in more cases than not. I would rather the judge be the one making the decision than the prosecutor, because the prosecutor is always going to want to do what's best for, quote unquote, the state. 
and their conviction rate. They always want a conviction because it makes them look better when they go to run for reelection. So they have a vested interest in getting a conviction. So they're only going to charge for a crime in which they believe they can get a guilty verdict. Mm -hmm. So I think that that power needs to be removed and put back into the judge's bench. Right. So I have no idea if Newsom is going to sign this or not. The worry that I have with this is not necessarily what's going to happen because if the kids are agreeing to this, there's something else messed up at home or something else going on with that. The problem that I'm going to have with this is the fact that I think that there's going to be political pressure against judges to not, to lean towards the not put them on the sex offender registry list. Like, oh, let's not go to this. Let's get this homophobic judge fired. Let's write a bad article about this homophobic judge. Let's ruin his career unless he gives us what he wants. That's been my worry about the whole thing. Uh, For a law that I guess essentially just makes makes it a possibility for a guy to not become a deadbeat father. And that is the best intention that I can give to this thing of one of the worst laws I've ever heard of. I still don't agree with that either because they've, they've had issues in other States. I think Alabama was one of them. Of course it's Alabama um, (laughs) where, where a rape victim who was raped as a teenager and, and subsequently got pregnant. The father was granted custody of the children and visitation, Mm -hmm. which means she'll never be rid of him for the rest of her life. Because the courts were like, no, he's got to be an involved father. So we're making you let him in those children's lives. That's a bad that's lawyer not okay. right there. Yeah, that's really bad lawyering. But again, that's another flaw in the criminal justice system. It's like the criminal, every time they try to solve something, they just create more problems. Well, like in a situation like that under the California law, I would probably say because it's judge discretion that the judge would say, oh, yeah, you're still on the sex offender registry list. You raped this woman. You're on the you're on the list, dude. You would think, except it was the judge's discretion of whether or not to let this idiot have visitation, and they were like, "Yeah, that sounds like a great idea." Well, <laughs> you still have that wood chipper, right? I've never owned a wood chipper. Yeah. Well, maybe we should start investing in them. Pig farms are cleaner. <laughs> All right, I've got some surprise positivity for you at the end of this. Okay. So I read this uh, this article on the morning show here, and honestly, I saw a lot of positivity from this from a guy who's a pretty much a scumbag from the beginning of the story. So I will read to you from the Daily Wire. Jacob Blake shares bedside message, change y'all's lives, it's nothing but pain. On Saturday, a lawyer for Jacob Blake posted a video of the 29-year-old sharing a message from his hospital bed that encouraged people to change their lives, emphasizing the pain he has suffered after he was shot by police last month in Wisconsin during an attempted arrest. I just want to say, man, to all the young cats out there and even the older ones, older than me, there's a lot more life to live out there, man, he says in the video, which was posted on social media. Your life, he continued, snapping his fingers, and not only just your life, your legs, Something that you need to move around and move forward in life can be taken from you like this man. And I promise you, the type of shit that you go through, staples, I got staples in my back, staples in my damn stomach. You do not want to have to deal with this shit, man. 24 hours, every 24 hours, it's pain. It's nothing but pain. It hurts to breathe. It hurts to sleep. It hurts to move from side to side. It hurts to eat. Please, I'm telling you, change your lives out there, Blake pleaded. We can stick together, make some money, make everything easier for our people out here, man, because it's time... It's so much time that has been wasted. 
Jacob Blake is coming out here and telling people that have been in criminal or even thinking about lives in crime that's not worth it. That if you might not you might not be the one to survive to change your life. This that's really this really restored my faith in humanity. I mean, the guy's been given a second chance. Kind of. I mean, he was still guilty of a crime before this ever occurred. That got vacated, though. The rape conviction? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That doesn't sound like justice served to me. No, it isn't. He and the girl are back together. Who? What? He's also got $2 million off of GoFundMe, so... I'm pretty sure she knows her kids are taken care of. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that they're feeling super hashtag blessed right now. But, I mean, aside from the corruption that went along with this and everything, I mean, the fact that, I mean, this guy, he's not going to walk again. And he's offering this message is stop being criminals because you might not survive the next time through. Did I lose you? I lost my co-host. Well, my Zoom uh, froze up here, so I don't know what happened off of there. But I'm thinking that I might have to close the show on my own. Hmm. Let me see if I can figure out what's going on here. And I just lost my co-host, so well, we'll figure that one out here. I will see if she joins in. Let me shut that side of the screen down for a second. I'm sure that nobody wants to sit here and look at two of me. Alright, let's figure out what happened there and we'll see what goes on with that. All right. Well, I lost my co-host, so we are going to close this show out and uh, head on out of here. So let's uh, go catch up with the live chat here. Uh, let me figure out what we've got going off of this. Okay. She is trying to get back on right now. I'm guessing she lost internet here. So let's uh, figure out what we've got from the live chat here. Uh, where did we leave off? Where did we leave off? Wow, I should have marked this up here. Alright, let's get the participants window up here so I can see what's going on. Alright, so we left off with delicate sausage here. Uh, we are heading for a winter in England. Oh, you're from across the pond. Well, thanks for coming over and checking us out there. Uh, noble, but somewhat foolhardy young man. I think the electric chair would have been somewhat harsh. Too much show elbow, this is harem. Well, if this was Steven's chat, we would be uh, showing feet. Oh, we got her back. So I'll get that taken care of here. I have terrible 
terrible internet. Yeah, you just kind of froze up in the middle of talking about Jacob Blake, and then you were gone. So, did you end the show, or are we still on? I'm, we're still on here. I was doing some live chat while I uh, waited for you to come back here. So, what did you? I mean, you don't seem to be too pleased with the message. I thought it would come across a little bit more positive. But of course, you found out a couple of the details over off of this that I don't think you knew about either. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about his sentence being vacated and all of that. I I don't know. Actually, I I was assuming that there was another article in here you were going to use for surprise positivity. No, that was the one. Why? Which one did you think was going to be? That it's the first time in like 70 years that a Kennedy hasn't been in in Congress or the Senate. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one too. I read that uh, over on the morning show. I'm going to see if I can get DLive back up so I can open the chest for these guys. Uh, you want to catch us up with some live chat? If I can get it open, yes. I uh, left off on Delicate Sausage saying a noble if somewhat foolhardy young man. I guess he's from over in England, so welcome yeah. from across the pond. Hmm. Doesn't look like my restream chat is working. Okay, well I can finish it out here. I'll hit the uh, D live chest for these guys here, and I will, because I've got mine up still. Um, McConnell smuggles coats. Coke says too much uh, show elbow. This is harem, and then they were letting me know a couple of them that I was still up over on D live, which I got that back working again. So the chest is open. So get ready to scramble for lemons. Uh, delicate sausage chest. So Facebook has been caught manipulating democracy for pay. Uh, and you just checked, uh, chimed in there and it brought me back down to the bottom. So let me oh, get back up to there. Yeah, I can't even scroll up. There's nothing, there's no history in the chat for me. So I'm just going to close it because I can't see any of the messages anyway. Okay. Uh, so Facebook has been caught manipulating dem- uh, democracy for pay, notably Russian amongst others. Um, looks like McConnell and uh, Sergeant Peterson haven't seen each other for a little while. Uh, Delicate Sausage says, I never liked the look of that Mark Zuckerberg. Very Slav. Convicts receiving Being very benefits. lizard. <laughs> Convicts receiving benefits, quite frankly, they should be flogged. That's some very, very English uh, sort of criminal justice there. McConnell says death penalty must be carried out in the town square in a hanging. A defensive hanging, Susan Wojcicki. Let's be very important with that, a defensive hanging. That is the most important important reform. Uh, let's see. Uh, it looks like you said abolish the death penalty. Uh, the already conservative popped in over on the YouTube side and said, Hamas can you a question? <laughs> nice. Uh, McConnell Smuggles Coke says, they, that's what's up, uh, said if I can't despair. I had to take a huge break from the internet. Yeah, I I did that yesterday, and that was just a small break, but I didn't, I, I didn't touch my phone. I put on the directions to get to my cousin's campground, and other than that, I just didn't touch it. And Sometimes it nice. these are necessary. Mm-hmm. Uh, Delicate Sausage says, I have the suspicion maybe trying to broker peace and perhaps American withdrawal from the Middle East. Please, please, please. That would be nice. Not holding my breath. Uh, he says, taking Israel to Saudi, etc., but we can dream. Uh, let's see. I guess Sedevacantis took April through June off of the internet. So, they, yeah, that's cool to see the, that's uh, some of these break. guys. 
Uh, delicate sausage does I have to say Putin's stoolie is an absolute pig and they voted for some old Nazi Lithuanian SS people I don't I'm a little bit lost in the uh, in the um, in the slang from England but McConnell smuggle coke, uh, smuggles coke says I'm refocused it's no longer about show feet or elbow it's all about show face now well, we're both here apparently here we are uh, Delicate Sausage says, you have to remember when they were behind the Iron Curtain, they were hid from the civilized world. Most of these tin post former East Bloc countries are backwards, murderous Nazis at heart. I didn't realize that. Sedificantis uh, says, time to start up those defenses. Uh, McConnell says, federal politics is a waste of time. The game is played by kings and viceroys. Uh, Sedevacanta says California has Kami coup and we haven't had a real election since Tricky Dick or earlier. Um, McConnell's ears have been defiled. <laughs> that was when we were talking about the California bill. It is. And Sedevacanta says, I'm eight. What's vaginal? Uh, Delicate Sausage says, well, we had the same problem here. Young men, say 19, who had been seduced by some mature 17-year-old minx. Ending up in prison with a record, perhaps five years. That's not good. Let's see. What else do we have here? Uh, images of Castle Anthrax from Monty Python runs through the head. I don't know what that means, but I don't know what Castle that, Anthrax is. That was in response to, uh, to Delicate Sausage saying that they should be spanked. Oh. And there's that scene in Monty Python. Have you seen it? Please tell me you've seen it. Which one? Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Holy Grail, I've seen. I can't remember the uh, the castle okay. tracks though. They're they're in the castle, and there's the lady, and she's got the big tall, or no, she doesn't have a big tall hat on, but she looks like like a nun basically. Mm -hmm. And it's like a bunch of women living in this castle alone. And um, I don't know. He thinks he sees the Holy Grail. It's it's Galahad. He thinks he sees the Holy Grail, and they they trick him, and she's. She's like, oh, no, that was my twin sister. And they look exactly the same. And she's like, you can spank her. And then they all get really excited. And they're like, a spanking, a spanking. Oh, I do remember that now. <laughs> so as soon as he said that, it, like, clicked. <laughs> like, yeah, there's that. Uh, McConnell says, a public wood chipping. Now we're getting somewhere. Delicate says it would provide good compost. Question is, how well do wood chippers work against small stones? Because we would do a good old-fashioned stoning before a proper wood chipping. Defensive stoning. <laughs> uh, Delicate says would make a fine novel. Uh, McConnell smuggles coke, cites uh, US, or 50 USC 841 to 844. I don't know what that is, unfortunately. Um, McConnell smuggles coke. We'll get last word here then. It says that so uh, so much show chin put on a mask, you degenerate. Uh, where is my mask? I don't even know. I was going to premiere that a couple weeks ago when you were on, and I didn't do it. I don't even know where it is at this point. Which uh, sucks because uh, I have to go to work tomorrow. Not row. Oh, maybe I'll just go without it because I don't care that much. <laughs> but. That's what we got for a show here. Uh, looks like nobody claimed the chest for this week, so we'll see that next week. So thanks for everybody who came back and checked us out live throughout the day over on Twitch, DLive, YouTube, Periscope, and Facebook. And if you could uh, not catch us live or you're just catching us right now, you can find us back once it... Uh, 
Wow, it must have been two hours already because I'm starting to lose my train of thought here. Once the process is over on YouTube, you can find us over there or over on bitshoot.com. It's all uploaded there as well. Or you can catch us back on the audio platforms iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. So come over there, check us out, take us out on the go. We will be back here. I'll be back here tomorrow morning for more contemporary, and we will be back here next week with much, much more to get to. There's always much more you can check out over on the website, over on freedomscoop.com. So go over there and check us out over there. Check out other great shows like The Generational Gap, like The Daily Ignoramus like the already conservative we saw him up over in the chat uh, just a bit ago you can also check out the breakdown with Birkenhoff. we saw him in the chat so thanks to that and the freckles and bridge show so come on over check us out over there and lastly never take the words of bloggers podcasters or journalists as gospel find all the facts and draw your own conclusions what do you got to lead them out with today have a good week make good choices we will be back here next week thank you and take care everybody